welcome to anyone who's listening. I am Jim Torak, and on the other side is my bro- is my dad, John. And this is really a podcast for me. I I want to know more about my dad's history in motorsport. Uh, recently, an eccentric man down in Florida with probably more money than sense bought a 1989 Honda CRX-SI. Turned out to be my dad's when he was running a race team, and apparently it won some championship in 89. But until then, let's go over his history in motorsport. Hey, Dad, how are you doing today? Hey, Jimmy, how are you? Good, good. So, how... Does the son of a dairy farmer, born in 1955, get the itch to drive cars fast around a paved circuit? <laughs> oh, you know, I, I, I think it probably all started with tractor pulls on the farm, Jim. I mean, you, you know, we had the the local fair and. Uh, uh, the, the tittle boys and dad would take the tractors down and, and, and they do the local tractor poles and kind of got a bug and, and um, they had a garden tractor pole. So I, I took our, our sturdy cub cadet that we mowed the lawn with and went down and pulled it. And then I got the bug and, and ended up finding a cub cadet and, um, um, at the time, I mean, you know, between the farm and, 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 you know, before I started working at, or after I started working at the apple orchard for a quarter an hour, um, <laughs> bought this cub cadet frame and, um, uh, it was a 10 horsepower and got a 14 horsepower motor for it and put it in and, I was working at Art's uh, mower shop in Norton, Ohio, part-time, and um, put this Cub Cadet together, and Art gave me sponsorship, which got me a break on parts and stuff, and I was able to work on it there. And That's fantastic. And um, uh, got the engine balanced and blueprinted at, at, uh, at a place in Akron, and put the motor in and started to do garden tractor poles. So this, this cub cadet, this, this definitely wasn't the same cub cadet we used to drive on around grandpa's property. Was it? No. Okay. No, that, that, that was the original cub cadet that I, I started pulling, um, which was, which was our mower around the farm, you know, around the farmhouse. But this was another one, a frame that I came up with and put it together and, you know, and and got into some things. I met, met a fella by the name of Mike Suchka in Manchester, um, and he was developing turbine tractors, a turbine garden tractor. So he and I kind of teamed up, and we went to the tractor poles together. And I would help, I would help him with the turbine tractor and, and he would help me with hints and stuff for the, for the cub cadet. And like, when you say turbine tractor, you mean like jet turbine tractor. Right, right. He started with a small jet turbine that was used for, um, power generators in the military. And then. Then he developed a 1,750-pound class tractor, um, built the frame and stuff, and it it used um, a T-53 Lycoming turbine, which was out of a Huey helicopter. So (laughs) it was was 1,100 horsepower and um, was in a 1,700-pound tractor. So he he was one of the first ones that, started doing turbine tractor and in 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 garden tractors of course there was art arfons that that um he did the green monster right the uh land speed record attempt car right right but but he also started pulling tractors too 
um, and Mike was a friend of his, and and he was a he was acquaintance of mine through my godfather Steve Petrasic, who Steve was um, in charge of Firestone Racing Tire Development way way back, you know, fifties uh, and and sixties. But um, yeah, so anyway, he and I would team up, and and I modified this tractor a little bit. It it, it was considered stock, but it was you know, bored over, uh, 20 thousandths and, and, you know, blueprinted. So it was balanced and, um, straight pipe came out with a piece of piece of angle pipe and a chrome stack. And, and, um, the clutches in those things, the reason the cup cadets were so good is that it wasn't a belt drive. It was a direct drive and there was a, a clutch, so Mike helped me develop a solid brass plate clutch instead of using the fiber clutch. And, and when that thing locked up and we had die springs behind it, um, it was hooked up. So, yeah, I won my share of trophies with that. And, and, and you know, when Mike and I had pulled into, into a tractor pull, I <laughs> had a little open trailer and put the Cub Cadet on it and pulled it behind a 73 Galaxy 500 and Mike had his pickup truck and his open trailer and we'd travel around and and go through northeastern Ohio and do some of these tractor pulls. So it it was kind of fun, you know, um, learned about tire pressures on dirt and cutting the bars on the tires and I so so yeah, that kind of that kind of gave me a bug. But, uh, you know, as, as you go through life, things change and, and, you know, so the tractor pulls went away, but I always liked going, going faster and, uh, um, ended up, oh, I don't know, 79 or 80, uh, a guy back the road on Arlington road. I drove by and, and he had a, um, 924 Porsche for sale sitting in his yard. Nice. And, and nice little uh, starter Porsche. Yeah. Yeah. Underpowered, but, but, but it said Porsche on it and, and, and chicks didn't know how to pr- pronounce Porsche, but they liked the car. Oh, you have to pronounce the, ah. Uh. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Porsche, you know, so. <laughs> anyway, I got that car and, uh, you know, some of my other friends had triumphs and lotuses and stuff like that. And, and, um, um, the group I hung with one guy had a, had a 450 SL. Another one had a, uh, a, a, a 240, um, ZX, uh, Datsun at the time, not Nissan, but Datsun. Uh, another yep. one, another one had an RX seven and then I had the nine twenty four. So we were, uh, the RX seven at that time would have been the B correct. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was, uh, well, a 12 a motor and not a 12 B it would have won a okay. run a 12 a, it was the, the first generation, um, two rotor. Okay. And, um, so anyway, long story short. Um, um, you know, yeah, the nine twenty four. Yeah, the reason you get a sports car is to get chicks. And, and how uh, how well did that end up working out? Did you attract more chicks or more guys going? Oh, look at that! Oh, guys, guys, you know, I mean, muscle cars were the era back then. You know, sports cars were 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 not the era, and um, uh, yeah. I, I guess bottom line is chicks dug it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you, you said with the, with the tractor pools, you really enjoyed going fast, but you did a lot of mechanical modifications to that cup. Now, what did you enjoy more out of it? Did you enjoy more uh, seeing the fruits of your work come up or was it just the primal, go fast, gotta go fast. 
you know, it was it, that's a good question. It was it was a combination of both. Um, you know, when you make a change in something, you want to see results, and I enjoyed that. You know, if if like going from the the standard clutch that would slip to the brass plate clutch that didn't slip, uh, going from the light spring uh, on the pressure plate to the to the heavier springs. Um, you know, the engine modifications, I was never an engine guy. Um, but, but yeah, no, I mean, you know, it's just like in tractor pulls, you know, you make an air pressure change or you make, you know, um, read the track differently, this and that. When you make a change, it, it's either good or bad. And, um, it was fun. I mean, you know, that, you know, transferring weight from the front to the back, you know, and, and, you know, you keep the front down and, and because when the front wheels would start racing, you would lose your leverage on the sled because you want to keep the front of the sled up the, the thing you're pulling. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was, there was an art to it. And if you talk to these professional tractor pullers, there's all kind of art to it, but, yeah, I you know that's a good question. I I did kind of enjoy seeing the differences uh, when I'd make a change. Yeah, because I remember we had Gran Turismo <laughs> for the PlayStation, and um, sat down. You knew some of the courses, but sat down. And I was trying to tune a car to a course, and I brought up all the engine specs, and you said we don't need any of that. We're going straight to the suspension, the bound, rebound, the camber, toe and all that so i figured you had you had some sort of real tinkers mind that you never really let on when we were kids well you know jim when you're born and raised on a farm you got to be somewhat mechanical i mean grandpa worked on all the tractors i mean unless it was a major um failure um you know then he'd have to get somebody else to fix it but I mean, like his combines and the mowers, and I mean, you have all kind of mechanical stuff on the farm. So um, farmers have to be mechanical in nature and, and and have the ability to fix stuff, whether it's a milking machine or a compressor or a tractor or a plow. I mean, there's, so I guess that rubbed off on me. I mean, you know, Grandpa had his old tools and, and, you know, you, when a belt slipped, you figured that out and, and, um, you know, cotter pins and, and, and shear pins and balers and stuff like that. So, yeah, I get, I guess, I guess I picked up some of the mechanical side from that. That's for sure. Okay. So tractor pulls. Uh, you ended that, what, about, about the time you got into high school or a little bit after? <clears throat> you know, I think I, I think I was still in high school when I did it. Um. Right, because you said you were driving the, uh. 73 Galaxy, yeah. The 73 Galaxy, and, uh, you, gra you graduated in 73, so you had to be just in or just after high school. Right, 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 so. That was probably, you know, not that you're you're taxing the gray matter in my brain. You know, I don't know exactly when, but I know I pulled the tractor when I was in high school, um, junior. Well, I mean that would have been the regular Cub Cadet. So probably right after I got out of high school, that that's when I was doing the 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 modified tractor. Okay, so. After you got out of high school, you got the modified tractor. Yeah. You saw in, you said it was 79, you picked up the 924. 79 or 80, one of those two years, because the guy, the guy had it on lease and it was off lease and it was, it was sitting there. It was, it was a cream white color, um, drove past it like four or five times. And, and, um, I had my, uh, my Grand Prix that I bought new, that was a 76. And I got rid of that and, and bought the 924, much to grandma and grandpa's chagrin. So, 
um, you know, so, so then I had a sports car and it, it was a, it was a ton of fun. It was underpowered, uh, but it looked cool and, um, it was fun to drive around, but you know, in, in, in my misguided youth, I wrecked the car, um, down by Nemesilla, I dropped a wheel off on one side of the road and it spun over onto the other side and the, the back end ended up in the, in the, uh, almost into Nemesilla. And anyway, they pulled it out and I drove it home and, um, I had the apartment building at that time and everything smelled like gasoline. I went down and here, here, there was a hole in the fuel tank. So I pushed that out right away. And, um, so anyway, I, I, I was, um, I was working for, who was I working for at that time? Uh, the John Deere dealership. And, um, so I took it to, to Tim Elfrink, the local body shop, and I, I was looking online and and Al Holbert, who was a famous Porsche guy, he had body kits for the, the 924 that made it look like the the GT2 car. And um, so anyway, I ordered this fiberglass body kit from Holbert and um, um, Elfrink put it on. Uh, in the cart i mean it it hit it hit right at the c pillar so you know it didn't break out the back window thank goodness because that was a big back back hatch yeah that that was that was uh the 924 is a nice big hatch fast back whatever you want to call it style oh yeah yeah so anyway he he put the kit on it and everything and then i i got some uh bbs wheels for it and big tires, which slowed it down even more. And, uh, but it was a cool looking car. You know, I put a Carrera stripe on it and there's a picture somewhere of it by, um, um, by an airplane in general tires hangar. I think it might be on my Facebook page. I'm not sure. And, um, I mean, it was a good looking car. And, um, anyway, I, I, I took it to some car shows and, you know, Rolling Acres, it was at a car show and here, you know, a young buck with a Porsche and, and, uh, chicks, um, you know, it, it was a, it was a cool car, but anyway, that's when I ran into some of the Porsche club members and, and Bill Fox who lived around the corner. Yeah, Bill Bill Fox. He is is he the one that came with the kit car Shelby? Yes, yes, and he had all kind of Porsches, and he worked on them, and you know he knew his he knew his stuff about Porsches, and and I mean he he was he was a great guy. I mean there was a lot of um, a lot of knowledge that he passed on, and. Uh, Anyway, became friends with Bill, and he, you know, I I took the car to one or two autocrosses, and you know, it was slow and this and that. And Bill says, "Well, you you really need to join the Porsche Club, and you need to come to Nelson Ledges and do a do a track uh, event up there." So yeah. the fir- first time I was ever on track. Um, was at Nelson Ledges for a Porsche Club um, school, and it was it was really cool. I mean, you know, I I didn't know how to drive fast. You know, you had a had a car that looked fast, but it was dead slow. Um, but I ended up doing okay with it, and and I learned a lot. And um, the apexes and Nelson Ledges and stuff like that. So. So I had the car, I don't know, one, two years, something like that. And there was, there was a, Bill was working on a a 76 911S and I watched him put it together and everything. And he, he sold it to to a guy in Bath uh, by the name of Jim Rothrock, I think, 
who was a dentist at that time. And anyway, um, Jim loved my 924. I mean, he just absolutely loved the looks of the 924. And he was getting a 911S, <laughs> a new 911S? Not new. It was a 70, it was a 76 that, that 76. Bill had. Yeah, Bill had put it together. So I watched the car going together and I knew what Bill put in the motor and stuff like that. So anyway, he he uh he uh loved this 924. So he decided he wanted to trade me, you know, cash on my part. And he wanted the 924 and I took the 911. Oh, you traded up. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, I, before before we get to the 911, I just uh, put a link in the chat here. Uh, you should see the chat on the side. It is a map of Nelson's Ledges from 1970 to 2003. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you think you can bring that up and uh, we can uh, kind of go through the turns, what you remember on it? Well, let's see. I guess I got to highlight it. Just copy over here, paste, enter, Nelson Ledges Road Course. Yes. Okay, there it okay. is. Okay, so that looked vaguely like what you drove? Uh, that is the track. And that's that a track the way it stands today. That track hasn't changed. Oh, they extended pit lane. That's all they did between yeah. 1970 and 2000 and today is they extended yeah. pit lane. And and they finally paved it. I mean, I I guess I guess they're going to start running FCCA events back up there again. So, um. I've read some some people that that have run the track, and they said it's extremely fast. I mean, it was an, it, it was a fast track back then because it was yeah. only two miles. Yeah, because I'm and, looking at it, and and it, the only real tricky parts look like Oak Tree Carousel and Turn Thirteen back on Main Street. Well, that that track is there's a lot of technical parts to that track. Um, if you look at turn two and turn three, I mean, turn one, you come out and, and, and you go to the outside of the apex. If you're, if you're just wrong on turn two, uh, going into turn three, you could, you could swap ends pretty quick. Um, that was a that was a place you could really make up a lot of time. Uh, Oak Tree was a bank turn. Um, oh, so that's easier than it looks. Then. Yeah, yeah. Carousel was the tricky one because there was like three lines through Carousel, and and you could double apex that or single apex it. I tended to double apex it. I'd come in early and then drift out towards the middle, and then. Uh, try to get, of course, the that's the most important turn on the course because it leads you out to the longest straightaway. Um, right. So so you want to get the carousel right so you could get a good run down the back straight and through the kink. And, uh, you know, in the cars that I drove, the kink was pretty much flat out. Um, and... Uh, you just you just had to get that right, and we would always judge what our RPM was, you know, coming into the kink, whether we got a good exit off the carousel or not. And, and I, you know, I I had a tendency to be able to get that run fairly well, and um, and you know, I've raced there a few times, other than driver schools, and it it it's. It's a fun course. I mean, it was narrow back then, and you know, it's uh, 
there's a lot of finesse to it. And then, of course, turn 13 is another corner, which, you know, that's one of those corners where you got to go slow to be fast. If you come into turn 12 too fast, you're going to botch turn 13. Yeah, so you're coming into turn 12 too fast. You end up going wide. So then you have to really scrub off speed in order not to stay way on the inside as you're entering turn 13. Right, right. You know, there's, 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 in 13, there's, there's, <laughs> there's all kind of different lines through 13, especially when you're racing. But um, um, 13 was a critical turn too. So carousel and 13, of course, were your two critical, and then you maintain speed and momentum through the rest of the course. But I mean, it, it, it's a, it's, it's a fast, it's a fast little track. I mean, the, the track record there, and I forget what it was in is sub one minute. So, um, it, um, it's a pretty cool little track. There's no doubt about that. Fantastic. So now back on how you screwed this guy out of a perfectly good 76, nine 11 for your stanced out, tricked out 924. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't scam him out of it. I just, you know, he no, didn't he, have to ask. He didn't have to ask me twice. <laughs> you know, just a joke because I, I have a hard time. And I need to find this picture to, to see what he was thinking, but I have a hard time seeing somebody going, I need to have this 924. I'll trade you 911 uh, and you give me some cash up front. Well, you know, I, I still gave him 15,000 for the, for the, um, I think it was 15. No, it was, it was 12 or 12 or 14. I forget for the 911 plus the 924. Um, okay. So, but back, back then, I mean, you know, it yeah. was, it was a, it was $20,000 car even back then. Now, if I had that car, it'd be a forty to fifty thousand dollar car. But you know, that's that's the one that got away, Jim. If I ever wanted a car back in my lifetime, that that's the one. So oh, that that red nine eleven, there was a picture of it right alongside your trophies on the back wall of the office. Yeah, yeah, that was that was. Uh, that was a, that was a, that car was, it, it's hard to explain, but you know, Bill, Bill did a great job building it. Um, it was a purest car. And I'll say that because, uh, had crank windows. It didn't have air conditioning. Um, the fuel injection was off of it and it had 40 IDA Weber carburetors on it. Um, and it was slightly lowered, but not what they called the California lower, which was all the way to the ground, which gave it a lot of good handling characteristics. And um, there, there's, um, there was an E-Series 911 and an S-Series 911 and a T-Series 911. And yeah, the T was the Targa. No, no, this, yeah. is, this is motor combinations. Okay, okay. Okay, so there was a T a T E and S. So he 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 made the cam which was a blend between the S and the E, which was great because if you had an S cam, you had to have that thing revved all the time. And the E cam gave it more torque and it just and then it just accelerated through the range. So it was it was a perfect track and autocross car. It was it was just the power band was perfect on it. Um, I mean, it was just it was just a fun car. It was a lot of fun. And, you know, most people that have Porsches or, or even back then, they put them in the garage and they polished them and this and that. And, you know, they were garage queens. Well, you know, I was of the ilk that, you know, 
these cars were made to go fast and be driven fast, and that's what it's going to do. It's not going to sit in the garage and be a garage queen, although she got good taken care of really well, you know. <laughs> I pulled the I pulled the engine every winter, uh, went through the suspension every winter, um, you know. Uh, I'd pull the heads off and 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 look at the heads and redo those and the and the uh, return tubes for the oil, um, put everything back together, and then Bill Fox would come over and and uh, time the cams for me because that was the trick, was the cam timing. Um, and then if the carburetors were out of, out of whack, then he, he would work on those and get those balanced for me. But um, I learned a lot in that car. I mean, I, I learned about contact patch. I learned about, you know, because when, when you, when you drive the whole idea is the only thing holding you on the road is that the tires and that little six inch patch of rubber. And, uh, the thing is, is to maximize that contact patch, no matter what you do. And, and you do that with your feet, you know, through braking and acceleration. So, I had some really, really good instructors um, back in Porsche Club that that taught basics. That um, uh, Denny Meitinger and 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 um, Bill, um, I mean, they were they were great instructors on you know brake application and smooth application of the throttle. So I learned a lot from them. And it, it, um, it worked. I mean, it was, it was fun. I learned car control. I learned balance, you know, that those were great things. And, uh, um, it was fun, but they had a, they had a, a series of, um, autocrosses and track events between all the Porsche clubs, uh, in the area of Pittsburgh, uh, Neo, Ohio, Steel Cities, um, or, or uh, Mid Ohio, then there was Southern Ohio, and each one of those Porsche clubs region would have an event, and it was um, it was tied to a championship at the end of the year for for autocross and and things like that, and um, I won it. Um, <laughs> Wow. One year or two years. And, and, uh, I mean, I drove the Nemecole in Pennsylvania and they had, had an event on, on the runway, uh, down in Dayton, Ohio, they had, uh, an airport autocross and, uh, we ran that, uh, our region did Nelson ledges and our event was at Nelson ledges. And, you know, they would put a chicane in to slow the cars down. Um, but uh, yeah, there were a lot of Porsche club events. And then there was a, the Akron sports car club. Um, they ran autocross events at, um, it used to be the Fisher Fazio grocery store, uh, uh up in, uh, Cauga Falls and they would have events there. Uh, they had events at a, a little go-kart track up in Ashtabula. Um, so, so there were events all over the place. I mean, people would do autocross events and, you know, if you wanted to every weekend, you could go someplace and autocross and, and learn all about that. So that was fun. That was fun. Met a lot of nice people, had a good time. So that was good. So uh, up until, up until this point, you, uh, tractor pool car to get chicks, um, an even better car that you absolutely took care of. You got more you, chicks, <laughs> got more chicks, got more chicks with that car. Because, yeah. 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 A guard's red nine eleven spoke, spoke pretty loud. <laughs> uh, and that, that was custom tuned. Wow. Yeah, I mean, every Porsche's got its own own um, 
pedigree, I guess. But Bill Bill liked messing with them, and and you know when he put that that cam in, um, that car was very drivable. S S's you're you're always on the cam, um, you know you have to rev it high, and then this car had had torque, and it it, it just it was good. It was really good. Absolutely fantastic. It, and you won some local local Porsche Club championships. Yeah, you know, and, and I dabbled in in sponsorship stuff there. Kling Motors was the Porsche dealer in Canton, Ohio. And, you know, he gave me some money and the Porsche Club had meetings there. And, you know, so I had a magnetic sign that I'd put on the side of the car that said Kling Motors and you know, so when I went to the autocrosses and stuff like that, it, it got got Jim Kling some uh, publicity. And I think, that, you know, there was a, a newspaper article done somewhere um, about me and the autocrossing and Kling Motors. I, there was, you know, I don't know who did that. I don't know well, if that... Ch- chances are if it's Kling Motors, it'd probably be the repository. Yeah, I don't know if it was a repository or is the local paper. I don't know, but I just remember I was standing beside the 911 with the Kling Motors on it and and uh, holding my helmet. And I and I think my number was forty two. <laughs> the the magnetic so, so, numbers. So you did you get to pick the number? Or was the number assigned to you? I got to pick the number back then. And, and, and when I went SCCA racing, you know, the sooner you got your entry in or registered for the series, you got to choose your number if it wasn't taken. So I always had 42 and 43, so. <laughs> wow. I, it's any particular reason, than number 42? You know, there probably was at that time, but I don't remember what it was. Yeah. I, Fair. I, I just Fair enough. Maybe maybe it was the only number that was available. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, so, but, I mean it, it was it, it it was a great car. Um had a lot of horsepower, but but you know, I started getting a reputation for learning how to handle that horsepower and and driving it, especially at Mid Ohio, which which that car absolutely loved that track. So, back in those days, how did sponsors approach you? Did you go looking for them, or did they come to you? Oh, sponsors never come to you. You always got to go to them. You know. <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> That was that was something that 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 well even like arts mower sales you know you you had to ask you know if you don't ask you'll never get but they always want something in return and you gotta know what they want and that I guess that's when I got my real marketing background started was back then. So, so what what do they usually want from you? Just, just signage on or signage on and winning? Well, you know, I mean, there, there there's a bunch of different things. You know, there's the return on investment in motorsports is, is gauged in a lot of different ways. And one of the ways is uh, exposure. And, you know, back then... Uh, it was easy if you got newspaper articles or uh, the car showed up in uh, the Porsche Club newsletters, uh, if they're, you know, whatever it was, it meant that it was reaching X amount of people, whatever the circulation was for those those um, publications. And then you take whatever the value to advertise in those publications are, and then you show them, well, look, you reached this many people, and I got you this much um, exposure dollars for for that. So that was a way to monetize it, it 
you know, in some ways. Okay, that's that makes that actually makes sense. Exposure dollars being a thing. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just NASCAR, you know, when when they look at those, there's always a TV report that comes out at the end, an exposure report. You could you could buy it. I forget the name of the company, and it shows exactly how many minutes and how many seconds um, your logo appeared on the broadcast. You know, and then that was extrapolated into how much it would have cost to buy a commercial on that 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 TV airing and that was the value you received. Wow. That's more thought out than I thought it was because, <laughs> well, it, me being my time and uh, essentially growing up with the internet and this, that, and the other, and this new influencer culture or whatever that popped up the last 10 years. Exposure is just something uh, that somebody with a small following throws in front of a local restaurant's face to try to get a free meal. Oh, you'll get this much exposure. Yeah. You know, but actual sponsorships actually make sense the way you put it down. Yeah. I mean, and, and back then, that's that's the way they did it because they were going to spend ad dollars anyway. And it's just your way of getting, getting those ad dollars. But nowadays it's, it's return on investment. And, you know, I, once we get into the Matco years, I can explain to you about the B2B things we put together and, and things like that, because, you know, when you're spending millions of dollars on motorsports, you want to have to, justify how to get those millions back oh yeah and you and and you know when you're not a consumer brand a, a, a frito-lays or a budweiser or something like that and you're a, a b2b company you know how you know yeah the exposure only goes so far so there's got to be a hard return somewhere yeah so you did your Porsche Club. What comes What comes next in your racing career with the Porsche Club? Well, I mean, you know, I did 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 all the Porsche Club series, and and then I um I ended up becoming chief instructor for uh, Porsche Club events, especially in our region. Uh, Bill Fox would run the event, and then I'd be chief instructor, and then um, uh, track time. Um, driver school started one of one of the first driving schools um and jack lane made me chief instructor and where was uh, that based out of they were out of youngstown okay so so anyway that that was probably 85 84 um maybe 83 that they started because i had i had the porsche yet when i was uh instructing for him. And then um, um, Jim Wade, who's Wade Foreign Auto Parts in, in Canton, Ohio. Um, Jimmy, I would always go down and get parts from him and stuff like that. And he was a friend of Bill Fox's. And, and he says, when are you going to go real racing? When are you going to go real racing? Because he, he was... Uh, he had a Formula V that he raced, and then he um, he was um, in the Champion Spark Plug Series with Volkswagen and stuff like that. And he says, you know, you you really need to go real racing. So he got he really put the burr under my saddle, and that's when I sold the 911 in 1984 late. And um, um, got the GTI. And we decided we were going to go to Sebring because they announced the new series, the Firehawk series, which was showroom stock cars. And, um, and so I think 
I think we'll pick up on your GTI and the Firehawk series with showroom stock uh, starting next time. Okay. Okay. That sounds good. I've got some driver school stories for you, though. Oh, let's just hear those. Let's go for those. (laughs) (laughs) The 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 one thing that they they did, you know, and 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 when when they had the track time schools is they always saved the problem students for me. And uh, my my favorite story was um, I pull into the track, mid-Ohio, and, and Jack Lane comes up to me and he says, Oh, John, we have got a student for you. Okay. I, I says, I'm Oh, sorry. okay, thanks. And I'm sending go, you a map link for Mid Ohio here. Yeah, and, and uh, I uh, I went down, and there's this guy sitting there in this slope nose, uh, 9:30 turbo. And uh, oh, you told me about this. Is is this the camouflage one that came with its own German engineer? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and and uh, anyway. <laughs> That I uh, I went in there and introduced myself, and he introduced himself, and um, <laughs> I uh, <laughs> oh boy, um, I said okay, this is fine, you know what what um, tell me about it, and you know, and anyway, he introduced himself, and then he said. Hey, I want to introduce you to my this guy, and he'll tell you about the car. And this guy leans in the car, thick German accent, and says, "Well, you know, this thing has got, you know, undialed turbos on it, and you know, it's four point five bar. It develops six amount of horsepower, and blah 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 blah." And anyway, I said, "Okay, beautiful car. I'm impressed. You know, and we hadn't left pit lane yet." And I looked at Ted and, and, and I said, can you drive this thing? And he <laughs> said, yeah, I can drive this thing. So we go out of pit lane and I'm looking at the map now, 86 to 89 layout. Okay. And we, we go, yeah, we go through yeah. turn one, turn one, turn two, turn three. We're up in the keyhole. We come out of the keyhole. And, you know, there's your long back straightaway. And he's like flat on it, you know. And, you know, by the time we get to turn six, seven, eight, that complex, we get through those. Are you in his car? I'm in his car. I'm in, okay. I'm in the passenger seat. Yeah. And uh, uh, so six, seven, eight, I, I look at him and I said, Ted, you can't drive this car. And he says, yes, I can, you know, and so, so he continues up. So we make another lap and I'm trying to give him schooling. And by the time we get to turn 12, I says, go into the pit and, uh, I'm going to get my car and we're going to do some lead follow. So at that time, the car I had was the GTI that, that, that we raced down at, um, Sebring. So he's all you know, huffy because he's got this, you know, million horsepower 930. And I said, okay, just follow me. And he says, I'll run you over. And I'll say, well, Ted, just, just follow me and follow my line, follow the lines I'm taking. So we go out, we get through turn one, turn two, turn three, and I'm not driving super hard. And then you know, I get on the back straightaway and I mean, he's on my rear bumper and then I get the six, seven, eight, nine, ten. He is out of my mirrors and out of sight by the time I get to turn 10. <laughs> I cannot see him. So I drive the way I normally drive, turn 11, 12, and I come around and I come to the start finish line and I stop on the track and I wait for him. <laughs> so naturally, you know, there there's 60, 70 cars at this event. So everybody's watching. You oh. know? So I stop on the track and I wait for him. 
and I see him come around carousel and I said, okay, you know, then, then I drive around and he's following me again, but he's being a good boy this time, you know, <laughs> and coming around and he stays with me and I, and I wave into the pits after that lap and stop. And I go back and get in his car and I said, are you ready to learn now? And he, <laughs> and he looked over at me. He said, yes, I am. You know, he says, I got a lot to learn. I said, you got a great car here, but you need to learn the basics. But, but the moral of the story is, is, you know, we talked and, and became friends. And I said, Ted, it's, it's, it's great to start out with all this horsepower and everything. But, you know, I would recommend, I mean, look at me. I got a, a front wheel drive ship box. And it teaches you oh, patience. Don't let the Volkswagen fanboys hear you say that one. Well, that it, it, it that's what it was. I mean, <laughs> and I said, you'll learn how to turn in. You'll learn the patience. Front wheel drive teaches you discipline. And do you know that the guy sold that car, bought himself a front wheel drive car, then worked his way up to... Uh, it was a Formula V or a, form, a Formula Ford, or maybe it was a, 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 a Ford spec Ford or whatever. But anyway, years later, he thanked me. You know, he, he said, you taught me, you know, what I needed to know. And I, I said, well, cool. You know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, so, so sometimes it, it, you know, it, um, it pays off and people listen, you know, so um, that's the fun part. Plus all the other fun cars I got to drive throughout that time. Uh, of course, it's uh, it's it's really something I'd like to at least get out to Nelson's Ledges because honestly, Garrettsville is not that far away from me. No, it's not. It's not, yeah. you know, and I used to go up there before I ever drove the longest day, the 24 hour race up there, I would go up and watch. And, um, back then they would have movie stars come in. I mean, Jim Brolin, I, I, <laughs> I, I sat around a bonfire in the infield with Jim Brolin and, um, some people from, uh, BF Goodrich that had him there. And he's telling stories and regaling and, you know, I mean, and, and Bobby Carradine drove there. Gene Hackman, I think, drove there. I mean, plus there were, you know, famous drivers that drove that race too. But um, uh, it was fun and fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. Well, I think that's, uh, that's good for today. Uh We'll start off next time with the uh, GTI in the showroom stock class with the uh, set was the Firebird Classic? The Firehawk. Firehawk Classic. Yeah. The Firehawk. Yeah, it was it was Firestone Firehawk tires, and they sponsored the series. You had to run their tires. Well, we'll start, we'll start there next time. For anybody who decided to listen all the way through, thank you. Hopefully you learned something. Dad, thanks for sharing these stories. Yeah, look forward to next time. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye.